1: without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I just
2: want you on the bed, yeah. just, you know, doing the whole phone hand thing. Hi there, everyone.
0: <laughs> Call now for some stats. <laughs> There's the kid at school that you thought was a complete helmet. The next time you might see him, he might not be a that. Players like you are gold dust in five side five. No, they're a dying breed. They're a dying breed. Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch. we have got Chris Stark and Statman Dave. We're not in the boozer, but we are back stronger, which is exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. (laughs) I suppose we
2: should kind of explain where we're at. We're a bit of a wanky thing that we needed to do before. So we've had to do
0: the podcast from here. We're in a different kind of environment, aren't we? different environment. It's a half pint kind of situation, (laughs) isn't it? They'll only serve as beers in half pints. I've seen little um, espresso macchiatos everywhere. Uh, Laptops, beanie hats. Young people. Yeah. It's a vibe out there.
2: <laughs> it's not the normal place. So the normal pub that we're in is undergoing repairs, but we'll
0: be back stronger
2: in there very soon. Mm. But for
0: now, boys, it's good to see you again. Great to be back. Um, you know, I've been I've been dying for a one, Wumba. <laughs> it's been a bit longer than we anticipated again. A few things we've got to catch up on. Um,
2: obviously, we've been getting loads of messages from you guys doing the whole, you know, stop dicking around, when's the podcast? back? I always know we're due bringing back the podcast when you start receiving these kind of things on mass well i did
0: i you've... did the pod with ab didn't i recently it's been a lot of love for it which has been great but also you know there are the, the diehards that love this pod and um they, they've said stop dicking around it's yeah. you know it's not what we want but i'm ready for this now. there's a time and a place for both there's, there's that time with yeah. with your wife isn't there and there's the time where you get away with the lads this is escapism
2: Um. (laughs) it is and I know it's always been that for you and you know I do remember one of my favourite stories I would say of you was we were recording the podcast Dave it was just before you joined and uh, Abby's turned up and she's in the window behind Crouchy who's recording like and he's got his headphones on but he knows she's there and he's saying to us like shall I just pretend I can't hear her (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: stat man how are you yeah sensational actually i've got some questions for crouchy crouchy how do i score more goals at five aside in the final third i feel like i'm lost really mm.
0: where are you playing like are you pancaking like chris or are you are you are you
3: pretty central usually at the back are you defending blocks tackles interceptions but when we're attacking i feel sometimes a bit lost
0: mm, but those 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 players are key in five aside everyone wants to be that you know, that floater, mm. that player who gets the ball on the half turn, goes past someone and and finishes. Players like you are gold dust in five a side. No, they're a dying breed. <laughs> they're a dying breed. Everyone, wherever you go, your local goals, um, you know, power league, wherever you wherever you go and play your football, um, there's two a penny, the 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 white booted, you know, um flamboyant Ronaldinho type mm. player, you see them everywhere. A player like you, Dave doesn't need to score goals. Don't need to. Put your body on the line, yeah. protect, destroy. That's uh, it. Is it. No, you just don't get it if I've anymore.
2: You've always struck me as a keeper, if I'm honest. If I, if you were my... I've
3: got, I've got good reactions. Got I good don't know why. Like Do you not think that? Keeper. Do you
2: not see him more as um, a <laughs> cat. Cat For your stature like I don't know what it is
3: goalkeeping just... stature is it because goalkeepers all go to the gym these days is that what it is Chris
2: maybe it is yeah maybe it's <laughs> yeah you're a modern keeper modern,
3: modern goalkeeper oh, keeper.
2: I don't know. I are don't you know still playing
0: Chris it? are you wearing shin pads no, still or what's, the, I, what's the going on I'd like to play a lot more
2: I've not played for ages I've almost um, developed a fear now because obviously my last few experiences of playing football have been totally ruined by the fact that <laughs> I either wear shin pads and get or and get absolutely caned by an opposition team, or don't wear shin pads and become even more of a target because I'm not wearing them. My career's been ruined, hasn't it, because of this podcast.
0: I feel awful about that. I I really do. I might get into walking football. I saw
2: that advertised. The only thing I would say with walking football is I think if you're a good player at walking football, the temptation would be to get into a small trot or a run.
3: So hard, in which to do case that. you're cheating. You have to get your hips going, wouldn't you? You've seen the walking yeah, the in, in the Olympics. Real. You're just throwing it, aren't you? For
0: me, it's not exercise. I feel like it's a, it's like a mode of transport. <laughs> but do you do you respect do you do you respect so? <laughs> say walking
2: in the Olympics, right? Do you respect that as a no, sport? No, I
0: do not respect it. No, so you don't if view you that. You here, don't view that the
2: same as hundred metres. Are you gold? joking?
0: <laughs> if I had a gold redlet walking, you'd go, "What? Incredible!" No, no, no. it was just walking.
2: You <laughs> can't say that. Crouchy, I you'd, have I to. you'd have to. Uh, sometimes I think we turn you on certain issues with this podcast. I think we're already we're already at a place where walking needs to
0: be. No, but like every, I don't know. I mean, You've got to respect them. They're the why? best in the world. Olympic walking. gold at
2: walking is the best in the world at walking. That's amazing. I
3: think you'd be really good, Crouchy. You've got the stride length. You've probably got the ability, like you're saying before, walking just a mode of transport for you, mm. second nature. I reckon we could get you in. What are the rules on it? Like you can't
0: have two feet leave the ground at the yeah, same exactly time. It, I think. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I apologise to <laughs> the walkers, you know, out there. But, um, I'm sorry, I I cannot see how it can be the same as, you know, Daley Thompson, you know, an an athlete of, like, the most, you know, incredible, like, what he's gone through to be good at all those different sports. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Linford Christie, like, Usain Bolt, you know. Well, teachers, let's throw it out there. I don't know. If you can teach us... There must be
2: people listening to this that really enjoy the sport of walking. On a personal level, I do more walking than I do football. And I'm yeah, because on a football it's a mode podcast. of
0: transport, Chris. It's not a sport. So you're saying almost
2: they could do an Olympic bus driving... Uh kind of race uh, it's, it? It, it's
0: similar I mean it's it, it's literally like throwing something in like a mode of transport isn't it like the Olympic flying from Brussels no. to London
2: but don't you think there's something so satisfying I mean even at an amateur level there's nothing better than if you're walking to the train station and you're in a race with someone else
0: you know right? if you're both running for a train though right and someone goes past you are you letting that happen
3: absolutely not no yeah, obviously not like, yeah, no. You trip them off, <laughs> they, they miss the train <laughs> they yeah, get on
2: you can't <laughs> let them have it you can't let them win.
0: I think we should get it out there as a thing, you know? Like, if there is someone regularly trying to take you over in the mornings, like, just, just email in and let us know, you know? <laughs> Don't let them go past you. Yeah.
2: Statman, one thing I've got to ask you, fantasy football, obviously we haven't seen you for a while. What did we
0: agree with him? It was outside the top 100,000, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think so. And it was, it was a punishment that we decide. I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is there's some positivity Gone from around four million in the world to one point four million. So I'm in no, the near, top, mate. you know, now twenty percent of players. The bad news is, it's going to be very tough for me to do it.
0: The issue here is, if you don't do it, I think we were dropping Statman. That's right. So, so I think you you just become Dave.
3: That's uh, look, it's fine on this podcast, <laughs> but I don't think we could say that in my professional life because so unfortunately we're we'll any work. <laughs> Who yeah. just wants Dave? Boring. You set the limits on this. Look, well, I generally life. feel I can do it. Really, yeah. I'm in such a good, good like wave right now. I'm, I'm really feeling the football. I can see what's happening. You're in the top
2: million, Dave. My thing is, is for that top hundred thousand, they're all thinking the same. So you're relying on other people dropping the ball. Yeah, you're degrading <laughs> the title of stat man. Like, <laughs> right? if you think about it, you're a bit like a catfish at the moment. You're... I don't want this to just be that. Hammering Dave episode No, no, no that's no, definitely not
0: the no, case. We, I think, not Let's get this out of the way we, we also need to talk quickly Just about Dave's station and then, <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> Just quick, a quick one that's We just need a quick one About well, when we're going to get
3: you On a Babe station-esque set need you <laughs>
0: on 906 Whatever it is these days You know, like just, I just want you on the bed Yeah Just, you know People call you up And we just call All you. for charity as well All for a good charity, cause, a good well, cause. Do, look, I'd like
2: yeah. to do it for We've charity, been across it You
0: know, we we'll raise some money For charity, you know And you know some perverts out there We'd love it
2: Yeah, some stat perverts In case you're new to this podcast Welcome along. Um, one of our ideas is we're going to do our version of Babe Station, which can be a Dave Station, and Dave will read stats to you. So the idea is Dave will be on your screens doing the whole phone hand thing. I don't know. You'd have to be familiar with the workings of um, other channels. <laughs>
4: you sound like you know much. quite a lot
2: about this, Chris. Yeah. I want it to be that you can only hear the stats if you phone. Like, it's not that like anyone can hear it. And then occasionally Dave will pick up the microphone like this. Hi there, everyone. <laughs> Call now for some... (laughs) Call now for some stats. I'm ready for your call. You call would, me now. You want some
3: late night stats. Well, it's going to be a big contract. This It's going to be oh going to be God. paid well for this.
2: <laughs> so let us know if you fancy that happening soon. We'd love to get on. Yeah, well, we're across a...
3: it.
0: Just, just you know, we're across it. I want all listeners yeah. to know we're across that. That'll be, that'll be sorted. Also, the last time you would have heard uh, from
2: us would have been Crouch Fest, which was, I mean, all looking back, one of the greatest oh,
3: nights of our lives.
0: Yeah. I don't think we haven't really sort of you know debriefed on that, have we? Uh, just an incredible night. It was something better than we even imagined. And I thought.
3: I thought the energy was just absolutely insane. It was really weird. It almost felt like we kind of like all came together as one thing, and then it was just this amazing show. It wasn't live, Aid, Dave. But we, you know, like, <laughs> Emily Evis over there, <laughs> it was lovely. No, but I know we, we all had a good crack. Was, <laughs> yeah, we all had a good time. We had a, a few good, beers. Good Everyone's alright. <laughs>
2: It's taken this bizarre place in the musical world. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Glastonbury. Yeah, people um, enjoy
0: it, you know. Like, yeah, you say I've spoke to a few musicians who were like, oh, sorry, I couldn't do Crouchfest. Yeah. I was like, it'd be great if you did though. Yeah, exactly. the next time. Well,
2: we'll see. It'd be great to do it again. Mm. But as always with this podcast, we're back. We're back stronger. God knows where this series is going to lead, um, but we're going to have a lot of fun in the process. What is this episode about, boys?
0: Well, do you know what I thought? Because we're doing uh, a Chumba Wumba, we're doing a Back Stronger, I thought we'd do the comeback, the comeback episode There's loads of comebacks I've had during my career, but there's been some great moments great games where there's been big comebacks So this episode is about is about the shumbawamba the comeback episode. All right, let's do it There's a few messages here um, about You know, I'm a big fan of a nickname. How do you come back from this if you if your nickname is this? I was recently added to the last man standing WhatsApp chat anyways a lad in the chat called shed after searching through the names I discovered that his name was Ian Woodhouse <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's amazing that was from uh, a listener called Josh we got one from Michael which is also quite good uh, my mate Love Fergus that. McBride once farted and burped at the same time and of course now he is known as Fartus McBurp oh Jesus
0: uh, I've got to, got to get into this one for Patrick because I'm a huge fan of this there's a lad who works on our building site and he looks like Elton John so the lads call him Socket Man <laughs> I just love it. I just love a good nickname like that.
2: We get a lot of these. I keep sending them in. By the way, I don't know if we've shouted out the email address. If you want to get in touch, Crouchy email address. It's peter.crouch
3: at acast.com.
2: All about comebacks today. Dave, I guess we should start. You're a big man United fan, aren't you?
3: Yeah. The way that United have come back, probably since Ferguson. Mm. Like It's taken 10 years to get to this point, but this is probably one of the biggest comebacks. And You look at someone like Marcus Rashford this year, Crouchy that is a big comeback from last season yeah. how impressed have you been with him yeah it, 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 like you say he was in a, he was in a difficult place
0: wasn't he? And I thought he might leave like with quite a few of the players actually yeah. there's quite a few it's like a huge rebuild project but the managers come in and like you say he's, he's getting so much out of Marcus Rashford especially but there's a few Chamba in that team
2: I mean he's the epitome of back stronger in, in like a literal sense as well he physically looks mm-hmm. stronger doesn't he like, I mean it's like he's just kind of been upgraded
3: we all know his potential potential and it was realizing that potential. I think a lot of people forget that you get to like a, a Marnie and a Salah, they kind of turn good at 25, 26. Rashford is now 25 since the World Cup. He's been directly involved in more goals than any other player in Europe. He's already betted his best ever goal scoring season.
2: I think Marcus Rashford is getting a lot of praise right now, isn't he? And there's a narrative of Mm. something's changed, you know, he's this new force. (laughs) The Casemiro
0: signing's been been key, it, Let's be honest. And like I
2: think he's got an
3: amazing
0: attitude, that guy, hasn't he? I was quite skeptical about him coming, winning everything, and 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 he is the exact opposite. Like he's lifted the whole place.
3: And when you look at Casemiro Real Madrid, he was a destroyer, he'd play off the ball. Modric and Cruz would be in possession all the time the incredible thing about Casemiro I don't think we I didn't respect his quality Mm. his touch his passing has been
2: incredible from a fans point of view you must love it because he riles the fans Mm. and he plays to the
0: crowd he's like a
2: gladiator almost
0: that's what they've changed I feel like it was a bit soft you know like it always felt like like a bit soft at the times and it's like now with uh, Martinez especially and I think Casemiro uh, there's a bit more steel to them um, you know other than Liverpool game which has been well documented Dave how how
3: (laughs) How would you play against Lisandro Martinez, Crouchy, if you were facing him? Uh,
0: you know, the thing is, is like there's a stigma behind, um, you know, playing the ball in the air. Like, it's, uh, it, no one wants to play like that anymore, right? But if I played against a centre-half like that, you'd have to utilise the weapons that, that I'd have. And I'm, you know, far taller.
2: But can you have, I'm not claiming they're short asses, but can you have more short ass defenders now? Because anything that you would ever do to challenge the ball that you would see as your advantage would be challenged by VAR even just to get above someone, looks dodgy in slow mode. Imagine you playing now. I know we've no, spoken no, about no. VAR, right? And I'm not turning it into that. I mean, most headed goals are challenged and checked.
0: I did something. I did some filming recently and there was like 20 lads in the, in the box and a cross came in and I had to go and, on my own and go and challenge like 20 defenders. <laughs> but there was 20 <laughs> of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd like, they'd like filled the box full of defenders, right? And it was like the challenge was, could I get a header in against 20, right? Were they
2: average-sized
0: humans? Normal or? human beings, <laughs> yeah. right? No, no, none of my height, right? So the cross was the crosses were quite decent. And as they were come, coming in, I, I realised then, like, my competitive sort of edge sort of came in and I was like, I'm not losing this fucking header. Right. <laughs> so, so, um... <laughs> the crosses were going on, and I was making them putting them high because that's how I use my advantage mm. if they put them in they're whipping them in low it's anyone's ball right mm. I'm like look hang it up there like so I can get a run on it and I'm going to come in and I couldn't believe how competitive I was about it they were hanging it up and I was coming over and I was smashing these like extras who they basically were <laughs> like with, with elbows and climbing on them and like trying to smash headers in and um, and afterwards I was like like what was all that about <laughs> <laughs> like, but I didn't realize how much I used my arms, yeah. like to because it just something just kicked in, and I went straight back into like football mode, like how I would play. And uh, I couldn't believe sort of like how much I, I did use my arms to sort of not hurt people, but like get leverage and and sometimes just disrupt enforced space, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: then I don't think, unless I'm mistaken, that was against the rules. I just mean that now I think. Anything that would be challenged, it would be,
0: I don't know, but then
2: Haaland gets away with, I don't even mean gets away with, I think it's legitimate. Yeah. I just mean Haaland's a physical player. No, they,
0: they you play on the edge, don't you? And yeah. I think there's times where you go over the edge and there's times where you where you don't. You, you're on the borderline and you get an advantage.
3: Did you find, like, Crouch, at the end of your career, that that was a little bit more that referees would do? That they, yeah. those were small little things they would pick up a lot more?
0: Yeah, I had to adapt my game, especially in Europe. I remember there was a thing. I think you can you can have a look online, actually, but like Graham Pohl... Um, mentioned it in the World Cup he mentioned me specifically using your arms
3: so every referee then knew but that's about master, me that's incredible bias yeah because then all the referees are being like well he's the example of what they shouldn't be doing so yeah. they're going to look at you what you so a at of shit that's, more, that's exactly. so true yeah. that is
2: so true like was, you can't be a current player and being used as an example,
3: example Yeah. yeah. So referee, in, the, in yeah. the exact competition that this player is going to play in it was what it was um, and then I pulled the fella's hair and scored to be fair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so you, you came back stronger <laughs> yeah, then. <laughs> I, suppose I, I suppose
0: I did. Yeah, In actual fact. I mean, yeah, with Graham pole was spot on, and that should have been chalked off. You know, when you were doing um, the team talks for yourselves, was it the
2: other uh, ever the other way round? So there'd be slideshows on referees. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Would you be taught as a team to act differently because of the referee that was chosen?
0: Well, like you say, like I, I've since come to. I don't want to say respect referees more, but like understand their role. Like when I was playing, um, it was always ref and I, I never really like, Took into consideration which ref it would be, mm. and I, I don't want to come across as disrespectful, but I just always, for me, it was ref. It was like about my performance. I was so selfish about every single game. It wasn't about um, who we were even playing or who I was playing with or who was in the team. Sometimes I didn't even recognise who I, who was in my team. You know, I was so selfish and like single-minded about what I wanted to achieve. As long as I had the right people at uh, left back, right back. I wouldn't care. Do you analyse the refs at that level, Dave?
3: <laughs> I try not to because you shouldn't. The game is the game. The rules are exactly the same. It shouldn't be refereed you in the way, does, in my you, opinion. Do you think it does? I think it massively does. We can see it across Europe. We can see it in the Premier League. Like you saying, Crouchy, you adapted your game to play in Europe. It's a load of rubbish. It's the same game. But it's just not, is it? Like, we, even the World Cup, like, you know, there was that
0: mad rule that came in just for the World Cup where you play loads of injury time, right? And, and, and that is the only time we've ever done that mm. because it's been brief before the World Cup. And I actually quite liked it, to be fair, but that happened and then it just didn't happen again. Like, so it's a different almost... There's different rules yeah. for each competition, which is,
3: seems wrong.
2: I mean, we're we're talking about comebacks today, and I guess we're, refs refs have to
0: have the same sort. They need to have a comeback, well, I think. You know?
3: A Chumbawamba moment. But I've,
0: uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've I've played a load of comeback games. I'll be, one of the two biggest comeback games I think would be West Ham in the FA Cup final 2006. Um, I remember playing a North London derby as well, where we we won in the last minute against Arsenal. Uh, Unisco Ball came up and scored. Um, again a huge Chumbawamba okay so let me mention to you I've just mentioned a couple there what about when um, a Chumbawamba comeback moment right oh, they're the best. where Leicester missed the pen at oh, Watford don't. and then you got Troy Dini goes up and scores what a moment that was
2: I mean totally biased aren't I because I'm a Watford fan but those moments they are they are comebacks they are you know you're you're behind it, worse in that situation was the fact that Leicester had been given a penalty which I think most football fans would say wasn't a penalty it was kind of unjust so to be able to save that penalty and the ball come out and then go down the other end for Dini to score and it's you know this famous you know Some oh, moment and he comes running into the crowds and it was a sunny day and it was just the whole situation you're through to the playoff final I guess the only disappointing thing from my point of view on that was just, uh, if we're talking comebacks, was that in the final, it was a load of nonsense, mm. and the final was rubbish. And in a way, you just wish that moment had been a to final mo- final moment, you know, to, yeah, exactly, to go up. So, so
3: those that, that game you mentioned, the FA Cup final, what did Rafa say at half-time? What we were speaking about was, I don't know if you remember, the, the lead-up to that
0: was like, West Ham... We were dancing quite a lot. It was Pardew, there was, you know, Anton Ferdinand, Rio Coca, a lot of them were doing this mm. dance. And we were like, look, we, we're Liverpool, like, we, we can't lose to these and see them dancing around the cuff. It's going to kill us. And that felt like it was the inspiration to then go on and get a result. And I know, listen, we can all say, oh, we, well, you know, we all we came back a lot of it was to do with Stephen Gerrard <laughs> let's be really. honest well he, he scored two absolute belters what was he um, like
2: at half time in that was he the kind of person that, so when he was fuming would he be like to set the scene a bit manja would be stood up right you guys would be sat down would Stevie tend to be sat down or would he be stood by the manager? And was he was he I'm, almost given, would the manager talk and then pass it to Stevie? Like,
0: I remember all, all of us stood up, at, you know, when we first went in there and it was like, what are going to do? You know, this and that. And obviously Stevie, we were more vocal than everyone else. And, you know, we can't let this happen. Da, da, da. It was a big shouting kind of conversation that Stevie would have led. Um, and then Rafa stands up and, gives his team talk um, and then it went back to to, to Stevie and Jamie Carragher really who, who mainly talked about what they wanted from us in the second half. Steven Gerrard did most of it. You know, like those two goals I remember like you know, getting my head on the first one, knocking it down and then him coming onto it and just lashing it home. But then the, the second one was, you know, it was almost like we were dead and buried, really. And then um, he had cramp. He sort of got up. It was like slow motion. The ball was just bouncing. The only thing he could do was swing a leg at it. He just went, I'm just going to hit this. And he hit it. And that was that. Bang. Goes in. And that the, the buzz, you can't... I don't think you can replicate a... A comeback, Like you'd almost rather be losing. Well, that's what football allows. That's one beautiful bit about the beautiful game is that
2: there is redemption potentially in every game of football, isn't yeah. there? And then sometimes it can have a narrative because it's for a title or for Champions League or for, you know, avoiding relegation. It, every game kind of offers it. That moment Stephen Gerrard hit the ball, what you just said there's amazing because sometimes players get cramp right or in a bad situation and immediately they have to come off in a strange kind of way if he hadn't have had cramp he would have maybe connected
0: with the ball differently well what I'm saying is he might have he might have he was so far out yeah. he might have got it down and played it out wide yeah you know but it was the last throw of the dice is I, what I'm saying it's all it's what like ifs all you know, these I, moments are like you know they all cumulate in, in what happened yeah. which is is amazing to think but it sends you
4: Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
3: So you're at that point there where the comebacks come 91st minute equalize, extra time goes through, not a great extra time. Mm. What was the huddle like? Before the penalty shootout, did you know that you were going to win it because of the momentum?
0: When you, I think it's so hard for a team to come back and then win on penalties when you've you've given goals away like that, and you think you've won it, and then you don't, and then it like it's like it's written in the stars, isn't it? It's like you think you're not going to win this now because you've had your chance, and I think that's when we knew, sort of like we had them really. And then I remember when the winning penalty went in, or you know, Pepe Reina saved a couple, didn't he? And you know that buzz was was just was just phenomenal. But even talking about you know some of the best comebacks, like Liverpool been involved in so many of them, but that that Istanbul one was
3: mm. absolutely insane. Even the Barcelona comeback. Yeah, we've got a lot of comebacks that have been absolutely iconic, and a lot of them have been in the Champions League, which is just amazing because it's the you know in, for me it's the best competition in the world. That comeback, what's not been said about that comeback? Oh, they've, made,
0: they've made programs on it, haven't they? There's like films on it. Isn't Stevie's thing called the Miracle of Istanbul or something? Uh, you know, it was it was a miracle. It was an AC Milan team at were top of their game, 3-0 up at half-time, and Italian sides don't give away goals. I remember watching it with utter disbelief.
2: It's crazy, the whole thing. And I think there's comebacks in terms of teams, isn't there? And then there's comebacks in terms of individual players and we've spoken about Marcus Rashford this season and let's look at the the manager's role in this as well. Have you been part of a team where you feel like a player has been written off and out of favour with the manager and either through extreme parching or extreme skill <laughs> has managed to turn this situation around
3: not about luck or injuries it's either parching or just ability
0: <laughs> but you know what like there's a huge there's a huge thing about parching like and being parched like you, you can get places you know you can it's like there are times like obviously Aaron Ramsdale friend of the pod mm-hmm. um you know mentioned El Parcho, um you know, Odegaard at Arsenal yeah. uh and, and it's performed incredibly well. I mean, he may have got the armband from, from being El Parcio, but he's gone from strength to strength. And, and people forget the fact that he parched in the first place. And that's how good he's been.
3: <laughs> Where do you, um, on, <laughs> on the comebacks, Grouchy, you know, back to that kind of Champions League environment? We've obviously spoken about Gerard and that final that you were involved with, obviously, Gerard Istanbul. Where do you put it in a sense of is it the manager that's super influential in these comebacks or is it the player?
0: I there All are players. times I think with, with when managers have yeah uh, obviously done said something or made the right changes and you have to say like bringing Didier a man on um, I think it was Smiths maybe UK, like there was a few um, changes that were made that were influential in that match um, and of course through through time but the players have to do it don't they they, they you know I think changing personnel is helps a lot. I've been part of, you know, when you produce two or three changes and the whole dynamic, of the match changes. So yeah, of course the substitutions are key.
3: In that sense of, you know, there's that belief as well. Obviously Rafa instilled still belief at three nil down, which is incredible. One of the best examples of a Chumba Wumba in, in football is the 99 final Man United by Munich. That was amazing as well.
0: Like, I, you know, I'm no Man United fan of course, but um, just to see that the way, the manner of it, like it was, it was dead and buried, wasn't it? Against an unbelievable Bayern Munich team as well. Like what would you, what do you think's the best, comeback of all time I think it's personal though because
2: I think every team has their moments of this and it's like what you said about Watford for me that personally was an unbelievable comeback Mm. the greatest comeback of all time can't just be the most famous do you know what I mean?
0: no 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 And and I suppose if you equate it to a player as well one of the biggest comebacks was like Jermaine Pennant right for me when you know when he had his issues Mm. he went to Birmingham he played with a with a tag on and then he ends up Sort of coming back and playing in the Champions League final. I think sometimes we're very quick to judge people and players on things that they do wrong. Definitely. But then, you know, you could look at it through the other side and, you know, maybe look at it with the glass half full and say, what he's actually been able to do has been a real success story.
2: Mate, look at Robbie Savage. I, you know, fucking hated him when I was a Watford fan. (laughs) Like, I I distinctly remember being in the crowd, giving absolute pelters to him, and him turning around and sort of giving it all back. You then meet the bloke. He's had a fantastic career in punditry. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. <laughs> and I just think,
0: you know, come back... You said Robbie, Robbie Savage is chumber
2: in mean, your eyes. He's had an extraordinary career since, hasn't mm. he? And I, I think that's part of it. It's not even just in a uh, footballing sense. You know, there's players that have become so successful outside of football doing whatever it is they do from punditry to, I don't know, even charity stuff or like, well, things that get supported and it's, you know, and they they change your opinion of them and in a weird kind of way there is a comeback there as well. Yeah, like,
0: I think you can do this in all walks of life. Like, obviously there's it's all the famous games that we've talked about mm-hmm. there, like there's millions of them, right? But there's like, Anyone can do this, right? So, you know, if you're the Uncle nobbed at, yeah. the, at the, at the weddings, you know, Nobed. like you, the next time you might see him, he might not be a Nobed. Yeah. You know, like there's the kid at school that you thought was a complete helmet and then you meet him later on in life and he's got, a, you know, a nice job, a nice, you know, a nice family and wife and, and, you, and you meet him and go, God, you were such a prick at school.
2: Oh, you know, I, really, I really like this because there's one guy, right, at my school. He was such a fucking twat. Yeah. but you're so right actually i don't judge him by the fact that he he, he might have a family now might be a top bloke and stuff like that and i think what what's amazing about this podcast is it's turning into a bit of an opportunity for us to all think of one person who's pissed us off or 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 one or that one person or like even in your own situation like you'd be in situations and you've managed to turn it around with the mother-in-law or whatever you know, you first started seeing someone and they, you know. Like what,
0: I reckon we get a few emails in, right, from people. Like, if you're, if you're out there and you know of someone who has chumba-wumbered, yeah, I mean, they might the have comeback? been down and out. They might have been really down and out. And it might, be a, it might be a serious one, you know. And they might have really struggled with, you know, alcoholism or, you know, obesity. Yeah. Or, and, they, and they've, they've chumba-wumbered. They've come back stronger. Yeah. You know, get in touch. Because maybe we could do, like, we could find the best chumba-wumber. Out of all the listeners.
2: I really like this. You know, maybe father-in-law absolutely fucking hated you at the start you've pissed yourself in front of him you've <laughs> you've said something inappropriate about his daughter that kind of thing i'm not talking from personal experience no, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You. yeah. Um, you've chumber one but you've it.
2: turned it around and now you're best buddies and you go to the football together and that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know? i'm thinking
0: it's... like like Gaylord fucker from yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> parents but like if you're if you're Gaylord, right and you've come in and like got absolutely had a nightmare yeah and you've turned it full circle you exactly. know like you, you we get locked down but we come back again that's the
2: perfect example get in touch with us send us an email what's the email address crouchy
0: it's um (laughs) it's crouch at um acast.com and we want these stories if you chumble one but get in touch Dave what I want to drill down a little bit on is the psyche and the mentality behind it you remember when United were under Alex Ferguson and you knew they were losing and it was like get all your money on because you know they're going to win you know they are it was like they, they're going to play eight minutes of added time and they're going to score <laughs> they're going to turn it and you wouldn't even think they that they would always draw. score you, you wouldn't you even that think that they were drawing going? yeah you always think they'd going to win
3: always but I think when you when you look at the uh, you know the points won from losing positions in the Premier League there are a few seasons that kind of jump out as the best you know Bobby Robson at Newcastle 2001 2002 season best ever 34 points won from losing positions but if you actually break it down on you know year by year top 10 Ferguson has got two seasons and Wenger's got two seasons which is quite interesting because I don't think we think of Wenger in the same way as like he was actually very, very good in those situations.
0: It takes a certain mindset. I remember Joe Cole saying to me about Mourinho like the first time he came, and he was like, this man is a genius. When he would say things like, we're gonna go a goal behind today but um, you know keep playing the way we're playing and, and obviously we will come back and win win 2-1 you know these things were happening it was like how does he know we're going to go behind like things like that's that that's a good point
2: so in any sort of team talk I've never thought of a manager saying to a team it's like I expect us to go a goal behind do you y- see what I mean yeah, like, yeah. did we're, that we're, ever happen
0: I remember R- Rafa was really meticulous about you know his planning often we would do we would train as if you're 2-0 down so you'd have two teams ah. playing against each other you go right one's 2-0 up one's 2-0 down down, how do you manage the game? It's amazing how much when you're two up, you kind of retreat and invite pressure. It's all about mentality, isn't it? And I think it's so interesting to tap into that. Arsenal are one of those teams like.
2: So I was in Maidenhead watching this Arsenal game. Uh, it was against Bournemouth. Uh, it was the one where they scored in the 96th or 97th minute to, to get back to a draw. Everyone in the pub, it was almost like they expected the goal and they were waiting for it. And then, sure enough, Jeff Sterling, like, it's like, and we, you know, go to Arsenal, there's a goal. A year, to- so my perception of Arsenal is part of the reason of their success is they are coming back from losing positions. Character. Is that actually the case or is that just me associating that game and a couple of others with
3: the top? We spoke about the kind of most points from losing positions in history. This season, Arsenal have the best record in the Premier League. Yeah, right. Um, At the time of recording, they've had eight deficits. They've won five times and lost three times. And I think that comes in the mentality of some of the players. You know, I'd call out El Parcio, you know Odegaard his positivity when Arsenal are down is pretty incredible it would be amazing to speak to our friend Aaron Ramsdale about the mentality around Arsenal how he feels as a goalkeeper and these results these two great results in recent Mm. weeks that Arsenal have come back from the brink and then they're here and they're back stronger Mm. they're together
2: I messaged him recently and I was being a bit parchy but it was after that comeback and I put I don't know how you deal with it. It's what we've all dreamed of. And
0: so partry, it just it?
2: put Me either, just going with the flow. Oh, that's an like, incredible that's flow state. It's it? a
3: flow state, is what they, they kind of call flow it in state. that sense, where you're at calmness with what you're doing, the belief in yourself, you get into a flow state. Yeah, but this is why
2: I think it'd be good to get him on again, because we had him at the beginning of the season. It'd be great to get him on and sort of see what the differences are because you say about it being calm it almost feels to me that it's just a kind of like I'll just get away with it as long as I can. But I
0: remember him saying right at the start of the season like there's a there's a mentality shift here.
2: Is Aaron winning the Premier League just to prove you wrong Crouchy and actually show that goalkeepers are far more important than strikers? No. Is this the ultimate act of shithousery from a footballer (laughs) that he will go and win the Premier League (laughs) whilst their striker is injured? Just
0: to prove you wrong. I feel like if I've given him that, you know, slight percentage of inspiration, you know, maybe I'm behind this title win, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Peter
2: Crouch takes credit for Arsenal title win. Not all of it. We need to ask him. We need to
0: get him on. Is he shithousing me? Because I said at the start of the season that goalkeepers weren't important. When their star striker, Gabriel Jesus, has been out for so long, he's, he's housing me. Yeah, the only other thing I've, like... Thinking about there is the mentality of a crowd and how much that does affect the game.
2: Let's all be very honest here. One of the shittest atmospheres I've ever been at has been at the Emirates. <laughs> it, no, it really has crouching. Yeah. It was so negative, the whole thing. And mm. there's this amazing thing going on at Arsenal, and we've all seen it, where they go a goal down, and the fans immediately
0: stand up, rally around the team. It's phenomenal. It's been a real gear see. shift, doesn't it? And I think, you know, I've been on the wrong end of... Um, you know the crowd reaction like the home crowd negativity if you get the ball off the center half right and you give it away and you're 2-0 down you you've been there right you've probably been the abusive mm. fans right or yes. you've been Absolutely. like you can hear the whole stadium go oh and then there's like ah and then there's a shouting and screaming and then there's booing yeah. you know that as a human being is hard to Deal with? Are you actually thinking like that? You can't hide as a footballer. Mm.
2: Does the bollocking ever actually? Because at times it does look like your team's lethargic or just dare I say not caring the same way you are as fans. I've seen. And I listen. That I'm, bollocking then you, it sometimes puts the pressure on in a good way. Yeah, definitely. Them, it makes them go like fucking hell. Actually, like it, it matters. It, you, well, I was
0: looking at it during lockdown. Like, with when, when, when I was in the stadiums, and there were players flourishing in the no pressure environment honestly <laughs> I saw it well, firsthand. West Ham, I, West
3: Ham I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm laughing because as United fans refer to Martial in that period as like NHS Martial really where he, he was just amazing with no fans and it's really obviously the NHS did an incredible job during did, the the and applause not, wasn't for Martial yeah, wasn't <laughs> we went out on our
2: doorstep Dave, applauding. Was. Yeah, Dave, Dave was. was we were <laughs> applauding the NHS Dave was on his doorstep applauding Gosh
3: Martial, Martial. <laughs> oh, I was so applauding the NHS and saying they were doing a great job but bad Marshall, I'm, I'm Marshall of course, but I remember being a-
2: applauded the NHS in a Marshall shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's all appreciate the NHS and Marshall at the same time.
2: <laughs> Who's really coming to his own?
0: <laughs> so you're saying, like, in all honesty, like this, this is going back to the shit house in the original state sense of the word. You know, like, so if you're a shit bag, as I think it's called now, someone who struggles with the crowd being negative, you'll flourish in an environment where
3: there's no crowd. I remember watching a game when Tottenham beat United 6-1 at Old Trafford. And it was the weirdest... It was like a training match. Because there was no reaction from the crowd when they were like 2-1 or 3-1. There was no reaction.
2: But they started pumping it in on the TV, didn't they? Playing in crowd cheering... Like, it was insane <laughs> that's it mad, was it? and
0: also what I noticed was like when you lose a game players are hanging around chatting on the pitch yeah. like that wouldn't have happened if there was a crowd there believe you me well they, they didn't do
2: they didn't do I think we'd be prepared for a pandemic now wouldn't we what we'd have is cardboard cutters of fans except they'd be like with their fingers <laughs> just up, <laughs> like <laughs> place some <of> abuse <laughs> in yeah or, or have them <laughs> so they can like lob things like not that that's allowed <laughs> obviously you know yeah. some with flares like, that go off after you know goals I mean? going. Like, yes you're right activate the flare and there's one cardboard fan with a flare. Like we'd be better prepared now.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, like as you go down the tunnel you just get like a tannoy going you're fucking shit.
2: <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you're right. Actually, if you look at this from another point of view, which would be if players are benefiting from the positive atmosphere, that's not a true representation of football. And that actually what they should have been pumping in is abuse and the odd kind of like booing <laughs> and stuff like that. I really like the idea of these cardboard cutouts that were there in the, in the stand, like dotted around. But you could activate their arm just so that a middle finger goes up <laughs> or like back down, or it's like a thumbs up.
3: What would you, Chris? If you were Watford, got in touch and they said, Chris, we want you to provide all the fan noises might, and all. Would you? Would you?
2: I'd love that. And I think we should make this a podcast thing. That actually, if the FA want us to record a load of this stuff so that it's ready to go, should there be another pandemic? Because you can't I, think, I think
0: I I feel there. like we're onto something here. Like we could we could we could pump. It out in training. Yeah. Yeah. We record something, we pump it out in training and it's like, right, in this scenario, right, we're two nil down and we're getting absolutely abused. We just we pump it all in yeah and then the same as if you're winning you know you got you're getting cheered you're you're getting overconfident perhaps how do you cope with that it's 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 the sight of a a mental
2: one do you not remember like when Watford went up that season that it was Covid I was doing some Watford coverage in the ground so I watched the game Watford got promoted I was like one of the only people allowed
0: in the stadium the Covid games that I was at covering um you'd hear exactly what the players were saying yeah. and stuff that I really I quite yeah. enjoyed it was quite a nice I mean, although I'd been involved in it all you know my life like, it was an insight it was, was more them. like it was nice to just sit back and just watch what players were talking and where and who were the leaders weird thing to reminisce on it wasn't that
2: long ago and we talk about comebacks and that's yeah. you know this is all what this is about I guess how the game changes well, I think there's it a nation we've and...
0: number one but a bit haven't we you know like that was a difficult difficult period and um,
3: you know I know we're not there yet
0: but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no we're, we're, we're not we're we're not like sitting
3: indoors anymore. No, <laughs> yeah, well, that's right? a great thing. Yeah, we're not sitting indoors, what but like... there's other problems where we can't get to Martin. We're always
0: listen. Yeah. We're always looking at the negatives. You know what I mean? Listen, like, so we're not we're not sitting indoors. We're yeah. chamber one, a little bit. Bloody, <laughs> we
2: straight into politics like dangerously quickly.
0: There, we've got old Gary Lineker there, are, yeah. are we? no <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we've we've chamber one, well, there. It's great to be back. I think we have got we have got some messages that have probably been here for a while. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we always say, send in your messages, please. Um, We love these questions. Sends the podcast in all sorts of weird and wonderful directions. Uh, So yeah, please get in touch. So this message is from Cameron. Uh, Cameron wants to know, who has the firmest handshake in football?
3: I think it's gotta be someone with a build. Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, that a tall, strong striker.
0: It's been some, some crunches over the years. I, I I'm slightly concerned with handshaking in general, really, not just in football. I don't know where we are anymore. Like, you know now you've got the It's sort of like a high five and a shoulder press, Um, and and almost a hug. Like you knew where you were with the handshake, but that's become very old school. It's more like I don't know. It's like a. It feels like an NFL vibe. Like it's a bit more of a. You go in for a shoulder. What is that?
2: Watching you on TV, man. Like it's the worst. Is when you're watching you guys on TV and you're set up around a podium on the pitch, and then a player who's doing a warm up or something wants to come over and say hi and watching you guys flounder with how you meant to greet them the whilst talking, it's like a massive ick of mine. I'm struggling with <laughs> I, it. I can't, be, I can't bear watching it.
0: I think COVID helped in this situation. The only thing COVID helped about is the kissing. Yes. Um, I, in all honesty, I don't want to kiss anyone. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with it. Is it one? Do you go in for two and miss and get the
3: lip? So you don't want to go French, Crouch. You don't want to adopt the
0: French style. <laughs> no, I don't like That's
2: it. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. What a great blanket rule because you're right. Even when mates come over to the house, it's like... The, the guys are easy to deal with because even a easy. hug... it's no, It's that. a bit get weird. Get through that, easy. Like you do that. It's <laughs> nice. But with the girls, it is... The kissing thing... If we just all made a rule that you only kiss your other half, unless you're in... Mm. A
0: relationship where you're more open than that,
2: it would simplify everything for me.
0: My my thing is like you, you you. I think if I I went round to the house for something, uh, you know, for dinner, for lunch, I think you have a kiss there, you know, and a handshake with the fella. One on entry and one on
2: the way out. I think would so. You?
0: I think so. But then, but then, when if you see them out somewhere, you walk past the street. Ah. Yeah. Do you cross the road and kiss them? Yeah. Or, or do you I just I go? Ah, oh, you're right. I saw you last week. You know, yeah, we did was, the kiss then. But we're good. not going to do it now. You park the car outside. Misses
2: gone. Do you mind just running over there and borrowing, like dot dot dot? You know, or something. kiss it's then. Like, my point is, you you've got the car running outside, and they're like, come in, now No, it's all good. I've got the car running.
0: All good. Like, <laughs> well, let's um, have a quick kiss then. Shall we have a quick kiss?
2: <laughs> just like and then pass over there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah great let's just have a quick kiss and then you get off <laughs> yeah. and
2: I'm gonna go now so should we do one more for 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 goodbye <laughs> so I've got one need yeah. and just have another I've got, kiss I've got the sugar let me <laughs> throw the sugar right you knock on the door bang bang bam, they answer the door hey great to see you a couple of kisses both sides great sugar yep got it here ready for you yeah cool car's running cheers for the sugar we'll go again <laughs>
0: Like, yeah. But also, what if the lad sees your missus in the car and goes, "Ah, oh, there she is!" Let me yeah. come out. Missus just in the car. Quick kiss, like, let me just kiss I'll her, go her to quick. Go fucking kiss her.
3: <laughs> do you wanna, yeah, she's just out it. Do to give her a quick kiss and then come back? Grouchy, what's your rules with San Marino on this?
0: She seems to be so well equipped. Like she's so comfortable in any environment. She'll hug. She'll kiss. She's she's like she can do the standoff one. I, do take, the
3: I take
2: her lead, mate. I, I um. If you're confident.
0: Yeah, I've, I've got to be honest.
2: First time I I, I met San, I um, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And um, no, she you're so right. She's brilliant at just sort of taking control of that. She situation. knows the
0: situation well, yeah. and that's
2: what you need. But it's when you got someone that flaps, oh, like,
0: mate. Like, like. what if you get two flappers? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You don't know where you are. Two <laughs> flappers. Fucking hell! Mate. There's a little dance. The worst thing. Can, oh But <laughs> well, you can see a flapper a mile off, and you go, "Fuck, he's a flapper as well." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good. Well, I hope that's answered your question, Cameron. Wow. Um, been a lot of fun today, boys. Uh, also, we should talk about the elephant in the room, uh, which in this case is the boots on the table next to us. So, if you listen to the podcast, obviously you can't see, but there's a pair of really dirty boots on the table in front of us. If you're watching on YouTube uh, or on our socials, these boots are Charlie Adams's from when we previously um, challenged him to hit a midges dick from 100 yards, mm, which, which was, is something we did for In fact, Dave, yeah, just
3: opposite They gave me some bruises, actual physical harm. So that, if that kind of makes you more excited about the boots, and
2: you know, fair point Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, it's on our, on our socials and on YouTube. And Dave was uh, sort of strung up by a harness, um, Regents park, put in the air, and then we got Charlie Adams to sort of uh, kick balls at him. Um, Dave had a um, a dildo between his legs, and the uh, and the idea was, could Charlie Adams hit a midget stick from 100 yards? Which was a quote that Paul Lambert said mm-hmm. at Stoke. <laughs> so we got the boots, and we we're wondering what we could do with them. And we've had a great idea about this, haven't we? We've thought, why don't we say that someone listening to this can uh, have those boots? We're going to do it as a kind of swapsy thing. So you've got to swap as something for the boots.
0: Yeah, I think over the course of the series, I think we can see to where, where we get by the end of the series. I mean, like this this is a great prize, but, you know, send your, your emails about what you've got that you want to swap with us to get those boots because we'll take a swap. And, and by the end of the series, we should upgrade each Each, each time, week. yeah.
2: So there was a famous film about this as well. And someone who started with a paperclip and then swaps it all the way up and eventually got to a house. So what we're after here is not necessarily like just high value money we don't we don't really want cash we just want something that's interesting and worth roughly the same as the boots that we'll then be able to swap onwards. That's what we're doing with this, right?
0: That'll be good, yeah. Uh,
2: So let us know. If you've got something you'd like to swap for Charlie Adams' used boots, as seen in the Midges Dick video, please let us know. Uh, The email address is peter.crouch.acast.com.
0: Really enjoyed today's episode. It's good to see you again, guys. Uh, Chumbawamba. Mm, big. Chumbawamba, boys. We go again
2: um next pod. I think there's so much stuff we've got through in this one that we need to action, though.
0: Yeah, we can't be all talk. Do you know what I mean? This mm. Dave Station thing. There's, there's people out there that want it. that want it to happen big, big style. You know, uh, I want to get Dave also down to to Fulham
3: to Vemetic to, to to rasp balls at his ass.
2: <laughs> we didn't, we didn't even explained that one today.
0: But, no, you know, it's
3: it, up on the older episodes. It's really important. So if you could sweet Fulham. Tag me in, tag <laughs> the guys in as well Tag the podcast in, we need this to happen It's yeah. only fair, I think it's only fair Look, When you make a mistake in life, sometimes there's punishment
2: I agree, and also most importantly Keep passing this pod, shout about it We love that we're back, we love that you guys Have been messaging us to come back But let's keep the hype, let's get this all around football And uh, let's get involved again Because I think the next few pods are going to be a lot of fun Aren't they? Yeah,
0: yeah. pass the pod guys Wamba.
3: Jumbawamba wamba
4: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy.
2: Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load
0: of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. load of pricks, pricks. Load, load of pricks. Pricks. Dot Net. Net.